orthopedics right now is 90, high 90s in terms of its percentage of males. How do men become strong advocates for women in orthopedics? And I think that's a question that many of us probably struggle with because we don't know how we can optimally help. And so I open it up to anyone who'd maybe like to make a comment or two uh, or share any, any other experience. And I see Dr. Heemstra. Well, Dr. Heemstra <laughs> is yes. never, never short of great insights. So I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna start with Dr. Heemstra. And let me also state, um, let me also state that it's just amazing to see um, you know, our first potential, um, our first president of the Italian Orthopedic Foot and Ankle Society. That's wonderful, Elena, just wonderful to hear. Let me introduce Dr. Heemstra, if I can briefly, as the second president-elect of the Canadian Orthopedic Association. So it's a great honor for us to have her uh, with us today. And I'm, she's got lots of insight. She's been leading this movement of advocacy. So I've been learning a lot from her. So please go ahead, Laurie. You, I'm sure you've got some thoughts. Yeah, I'm sure I have something to say. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think, um, Dr. Bandar, you hit on it. Uh, I think culture needs to change. And I, I think the world is changing. So until the whole world changes its culture about women in all specialties, STEM specialties, their role in the home, like everything, not just work, but also home life, it's never going to change farther along the line. So you can't have women doing the majority of childcare, women doing the dishes, women cleaning the house and women working, and then try to create equality or equity in orthopedics. So it, it definitely has to come from the bottom up. Having said that, it doesn't mean we can't work towards it in orthopedics because orthopedics is clearly behind. But I think that that overall view has to exist. And I think you, you kind of got all my, I have two other comments that are all related. One is the mentors. And part of the mentors, it's really interesting because um, since the announcement this weekend, I've had a lot of communication with people who have been my mentors. And in my mind, um, <clears throat> it really has to come from the men also. So women, yes, I can mentor a female resident in orthopedics and that's awesome. But until the men start mentoring women, uh, I think it's never gonna go far enough. So the men really have to take their turn. And I see male mentors as three different types. There's the ones, um, like some here on the call that I know that really push for women. They really cheer them on. They really put them out there. They're actively, they're really proactive. There's the men that just sort of don't say anything bad, but don't say anything good. So they're a bit neutral. And then, and then there's obviously the people who, who actually uh, try to prevent women from advancing, whether that be subconscious or not. So I think until the men really pick up, that's, that's going to be key. Thank you very much for that. I believe that Linda had a, a comment or right. oh, yeah, Thank you. Uh, my comment was uh, is on uh, how early should we get them or how early should we start? So uh, when I was the president of the Women in Surgery Association in Malawi, we had uh, programs that would go to secondary schools and then just spend some time with the secondary schools are equivalent to high schools. Spend some time with the girls in the secondary schools, encouraging them to um, 
pursue a career in surgery when they get to the medical school. And of course, being an orthopedic surgeon, I would promote orthopedic surgery as well. So I think we can go further. We can do more than just going to medical schools or encouraging medical schools. We can start even at high school level if we have that opportunity. Thank you. That's superb. Does anyone have any other comments to, um, that relate to what Dr. Heemstra um, and Dr. Chikolto have just said? Yes, Alina. I, I totally agree with Linda. I have a 12 years old uh, daughter and this year I go to her school to take uh, orthopedics lesson, lessons and uh, I just make uh, um, casts in between uh, children and they love it and they didn't know anything about uh, surgery and the broken bones. So it was uh, strange for them to hear an opinion from a surgeon. Oh, and uh, it, was, it was very funny for them. So some, some of them uh, thought that doctors are just family doctors and surgeons are just surgeon, general surgeons. And orthopedics uh, is just relative to bones, not to muscle or sports or injury or ligaments. So um, it was funny. Yes. Sultan. Um, th th thank you for um, uh, all the contributions and so on. Um, and uh, Dr. Hemstra, thank you very much for joining us uh, this morning in your time. I really appreciate you uh, answering our invitation. Um, I think we have to think about the quality and um, of, of the exposure. So um, having longer exposure doesn't, wouldn't automatically, and some studies have shown that, translate into uh, attraction to orthopedics. So how orthopedic surgeons project themselves. And I think so far the profession has projected itself almost like a car workshops, uh, mechanics uh, workshop. Uh, and most girls would not be necessarily attracted to uh, spanners and hammers, uh, rather than about dealing with tissues and structures and uh, living um, um, tissues that require nurturing and uh, require a lot of higher uh, intellectual function. The other aspect is that the negative images, and Elena, thank you very much for highlighting that very well, um, in, in, uh, in the society and in the other professions, immediately the moment you say you wanted to choose orthopedics, even if you're a small man, they will tell you, oh, you need to go to the gym or be strong and so on. And no woman would want to be labeled as a, uh, well, very few of them would want to be labeled as uh, just uh, brawn rather than brain, and they want to choose an elegant specialty. So I think us accepting that label is a little bit, uh, it has to do uh, with, with this negative attitude towards the profession. Um, okay. Mohit, may, may I ask Dr. Rima Shemfari, I see her here. She is, a very, I just have to do a little bit of introduction for her. Sure. She was in the orthopedic residency program in Oman and um, in the OMSB encourages our trainees to seek training abroad as well to diversify. And she is in Emion in France at the moment. She's nearing uh, the end of her training there. So Rima, would you like to shed some light here? You're on mute. 
Hello, everyone. You can hear me now? Oh, we can, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, yes, I have been one year I spent uh, in residency in Oman. Uh, later on, um, now in my fifth year of residency in uh, France. So actually, I will finish my residency in four months. I hope so. Um, I saw the difference, of course, there is a difference, but still um, we are talking about in France, we don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of female orthopedic surgeon as well. Okay, even in leadership in orthopedics, they don't have, there's really minimized. But uh, from 2018 to 2018, the number is increasing. So uh, for each um, batch, that's, we can say 120, there's 25% female now. For me, when I reached in France, I was the only resident uh, for two years and a half. Nobody came, when I, I will start my fellowship in November, uh, I will be the only one as well. So when I will finish and I will get my uh, fellowship training, I will be also the only female in a university hospital there. If, if I can ask and you a question, for, Rima, if yeah, I can ask you a question, what was it about orthopedics that, um, that attracted you to come to orthopedics? So you, you, you've obviously been one of the very few um, who have, have gone all the way through. So what was it about it? What were the experiences that made you feel that this is the career for you? So I just, I like it. I just, I like it. And uh, I don't, I'm not from the, the, the kind that I will go to some specialties just to try it. I just, I like it. And just, I want uh, through it. And uh, that's it. I don't have, I did also um, before, I don't have a good exposure in orthopedic when I was medical student. Not like maybe others, maybe they got fascinated, maybe they went uh, to the operation room to see, but uh, for me, it wasn't the case. It was just, um, uh, just I like it. I said, I will go to, um, I will apply for orthopedic residency and I applied for it. Uh, that's very good. That's very good. This is, uh, this is for me. Superb. Is there anyone else um, who'd like to share a comment? Right. I, yes. As my, my, sorry. Oh, go ahead. But it's right. It's right for my, with uh, what they said, my colleagues. Um, um, I was graduating from uh, Oman Medical um, College in, in Oman, and we didn't have an exposure when we, are, we were medical students in orthopedics and I think this is also affecting the choice of uh, women to go to, to this specialty because they really, they don't know, they just, they know that's about the hammer and uh, uh, the screws and this only things they know about, not uh, the other things about orthopedics, the real thing about orthopedics. Yeah, so I think you raise a good point about branding. Like, how are we actually educating men and women about orthopedics, and how do we brand it in a way that is it is beyond just hammers and nails? Yeah. I, I totally understand that component. Mohammed, you good had evening. a call. I beg your pardon. I'm terribly sorry. This is Margaret. Um, <laughs> apologies. Oh. In order to have sound, I can't have video, so oh. I do terribly apologize. Uh, no I problem. Have a friend 
and colleague of Salton's from Liverpool. Oh, wonderful. And Welcome. I, have, and I do apologise. I'm terribly old. I'm much older than all of you put together, probably. Um, however, I have several different perspectives, which I, if you bear with me for a moment. Please. So I, was, I have been married to a professor of orthopaedics for some considerable time in Liverpool. I have three daughters in the medical profession and a, a, a physiotherapist daughter. I myself am a professional scientist doing orthopaedic research and hence have worked with many orthopaedic surgeons doing their um, master's qualification, something like that. I have had only one female master's student. My daughters all say I will never do orthopaedics, much to the disappointment of uh, my husband. Um, they each decided their preferred specialty during their medical undergraduate training. Were they welcomed or not into the uh, attachment at that point? This was a huge moment for all of them. The level of expectation that they perceived uh, at that moment determined their interest in pursuing uh, uh, whichever medical career. So they needed a mentor at that point who was interested in pursuing um, an ex them as uh, a professional of that specialty. So anaesthetics, intensive care, plastics, uh, uh, neonatology, various. And it requires an expectation and enthusiasm from whoever is doing that training at that moment. I, I get all the family stuff. I've been there, done that way too often. <laughs> um, anyway, so as regards the um, uh, trainees doing their research with me, that again was deeply illuminating, whereby all the chaps had a wife who did all the slog at home, shopping, childcare, you name it. So the extra work that was always required for doing a scientific study was just impossible for them. The, for the, the females did all the house, the female surgeon trainees doing a master's with me had masters plus um, sporadic clinical duties plus all the house duties. And I'm afraid it's been impossible. I just thought I would tell you, thank you. Well, no, thank you, Margaret, for, for sharing. And, um, I, you know, I would just, I'll, I'll, I'll let Sultan speak, but I would just echo this issue that, you know, we have, I mean, nothing is easy, as I've learned in life. And uh, there's, it's, it's much more complex as we think about how you actually try to make change. It's easier to talk about making change, very hard to do it. Um, and having those insights that you've provided gives just more context to that, you know, there's more, there's more societal issues we have to sort out beyond just that. We have got to get to both young men and women early um, and do these things. But thank you very much for sharing. Sultan, you might have a comment. Um, uh, thank, thank you very much, Marga, for sharing. And you preempted me, actually. Um, or, and uh, I'll never forget the Simon, Margaret's husband was professor of orthopedics in Liverpool, and he was a great advocate of females into orthopedics, a great friend of mine, mentor of mine. Um, he, I remember one year after him taking up the professorship in Liverpool, surveying the trainees, 
And he asked, how many women female trainees are there? And there was only one. He said, that must change and change fast. So it takes that kind of attitude to influence also people around. I think it takes a lot of courage to uh, um, uh, step out and express this uh, current situation is really unacceptable for orthopedics and we really should do a lot more. Of course, we have to, uh, saying it is easy, but we have to accommodate and there are real life issues and what Margaret has just mentioned and uh, Lowry early on and all the colleagues, Elena and Linda and so on. These are real life issues and talking about them is easy, but really accommodating them and making sure that our female colleagues are well supported because we value their contributions rather than just dismiss and then force them into making a choice between either profession or family. And very few people, especially if they're a mother, would sacrifice their family. Um, and therefore, that is a sad situation and ultimately a loss for the profession. And the way I see it actually is looking into the future. And whereas orthopedics in large part is stuck to a certain extent in the past of uh, just maintaining um, the spanners and the hammers. Actually, the future lies in uh, regenerative medicine and uh, cell biology, molecular biology, and so on. And uh, female scientists and female orthopedic surgeons, I have no doubt, will have um, significant contributions to make in that direction. And uh, for us as a field, we really need to pay attention to that fast. Yes, Elena, and I'll just make a point of saying that uh, time flies when you're having so much learning happening. And so we're already at the hour. I would um, ask you maybe to stay on an extra five minutes or so while we um, get a few other additional comments. I know Mohammed and I know Elena wants to say, and maybe even hear from Dr. Ali Kashub a little bit about his experience, as I understand, it's in Russia. But let's begin with, with you, Elena, and we'll um, I will, go around. I will be short. I love hammer. I love nailing. <laughs> I love prosthesis. I love everything. But I agree with Lori, our chief are males. And I was very lucky because my chief, uh, my mentor, is one that loves to work with women because he considers them more precise and more reliable than some men. But the, the difference is if your chief male gives you the same opportunity to be a surgeon. That's it. It's very simple. It's not difficult. Very nicely said. Um, Mohammed, you had a, a comment you were trying to make earlier. He may have frozen. Okay. Why don't we go with Ali? Ali, did you want to just give a comment on what's been happening for you in your training right now? Thank you very much. I hope you hear me. Your we colleagues. can. Yeah, we can. Now I'm in vocation co-case in Chechnya, Russian Federation. So my experience is not um, very huge, but we have a lot of uh, women in orthopedic, there's no problem, in Russia. So the one of the biggest uh, professors is uh, Litvina, maybe some of one you know here. Um, she's professor, academic, uh, there is also uh, Tanyushina in Russia. The first um, astronaut was uh, Timoshenko. A lot of women work 
in many positions and mentors. Um, of course, there are few in orthopedics, uh, orthopedic surgeons and maybe uh, facial surgeon, but uh, it's choice. I think there is no different man, woman. If you are a good surgeon, even if you have one leg, there is no problem. Your surgeon, your sculptor, you can make your sculptor, you can make this beautiful things. Uh, how will Zarov say, there is uh, no problem, even you are from uh, Africa, Asia, and if Timirlan was in our life, Timirlan, you know that, who go to Moscow to catch the Moscow. If Elizarov was in his time, he wasn't um, walking like um, with a short leg. So, um, woman, man, I think there is no problem. If I chose, I like, I like orthopedics or she like it. It's choice. For example, in Oman, you cannot go to gynecology surgeon because it's woman work. But in Russia, a lot of men work in gynecology. Why we are not thinking about gynecology in Oman, for example? It's a problem, I know. But if you are master, even in space, it's no problem. Thank you for everyone. Thank you, ladies, doctors. Thank you for your comments. Um, I think Linda had uh, her hand up. I wouldn't mind Linda having a, a say. And if we have one final speak after that, I might just have Dr. Uh, Al Mascari just give some final closing comments. Okay, so uh, th that's my final comment. I, I would like to say the, the reality on the ground is that there are more orth male orthopedic surgeons than female orthopedic surgeons. And so the duty of promoting orthopedic surgery to the female colleagues is also, it's much more the duty of the male orthopedic surgeons than the female orthopedic surgeons because the female orthopedic surgeons are in minority and they, do, they cannot do it all alone. The ones that are the majority should help and they have a lot of work to do, much more than the female orthopedic surgeons. Thank you. Well put, thank you so much for that. I think on that note, I might just ask Dr. Uh, Sultan al Muskuri just to maybe say a few closing points and then I'll make a final comment or two. Um, th thank you very much, uh, Professor Bandari, and uh, all the guests who have attended this um, uh, discussion for your contributions. And I would like to thank my uh, colleagues and the speakers uh, the podium for sparing their time, sharing their experiences. It has been a great pleasure listening to your uh, views and uh, your uh, stories. And I've learned a lot. And I think. Um, the onus is on us as uh, an orthopedic fraternity to make the change. And I think the gain is going to be tremendous. Uh, I think uh, we uh, underestimate the loss and the disadvantages that we have by having a male dominated um, heavily by men. I think it needs to get better balanced and addressed. And um, we will not be able to have the colleagues that we want unless we make the accommodations and the environment that supports them and makes them feel uh, able to balance their life. Um, this will ultimately be beneficial for the society and for us uh, as surgeons, individual surgeons, 
because by making those accommodations, we will make the profession easier to work with and to work in, and our uh, quality of life, I think, will improve. Our, uh, the, surge, the profession and the field will advance in a better direction um, in, in the future. Thank you very much once again, um, Professor Vandani. I'd like to thank you. I'd like to thank our three wonderful speakers. And as important, I'd like to thank all of you who attended this very small group uh, discussion. We have the recording and what we will do is we will, uh, I think sometimes there is so much more insight that comes from the debates that happen afterwards, after we've learned from what you've already um, you know, uh, stated. So we will make sure that we uh, provide this uh, insight as widely as possible so your voices can all be heard. Thank you very much again for attending an OE Insights World Tour event. Have a good day. Good luck Thank with the future. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. -bye.